Welcome to From the Ground Up with Mark Weller. I'm Matt Rienzo. My co-host here is the one and only Mark Weller. We got a great show today. You want to talk a little bit about our guest? Yeah, I mean, today we have Tim Regan and a uh, very, very special, uh, special individual. And uh, he's here uh, from Whiting Turner, uh, one of the largest and, in my opinion, best construction companies in the United States of America. So I've had the pleasure of working with him on various projects over the years, and uh, it's been uh, very successful. And we've had a, a, a great a great journey together, and it's not over yet, and there's a lot more to come, but I'm really happy to have Tim here today to talk. And, uh, you know, Tim is the president and CEO of Whiting Turner, and, you know, Tim and his team at Whiting Turner, they're incredible at what they do, and we're so fortunate to have had them on our team for various projects like Sagamore Pendry and the, the work we're doing in Port Covington. So we're really excited to talk to Tim and hear about his business and how he views his business and the work that he and his team do every day. So um, without further ado, let's bring Tim into the studio and uh, welcome him onto the show. Uh, Tim, it's great to have you here and thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks, uh, Matt and Mark, both. Uh, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Is it a little surreal being on a podcast with the two of us right now? It is very <laughs> surreal. Uh, give me a minute. I'll get used to it. Yeah, just let it sink in. Let it digest. No, we're going to have fun. So um, I'll let Mark start asking the questions uh, to start us off today. Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the things is I've always admired you, Tim, so much, you know, on a, on every level as a really successful CEO and um, also as an incredible citizen of the United States, really, really Maryland, and then even deeper into Baltimore. And then also as a, as a great family man. So it's it's an honor to have somebody like you here and somebody that I look up to in the business community and I've learned a lot from and, and, and has been a great partner to us. So thank you for being here. But, you know, get, getting into that, I mean, you're you're running one of the, one of the you know, like I said, one of the best construction companies in the United States. And tell us about kind of your rise into that position of president and CEO and how you got there and where you started and kind of, you know, what, what, what the future looks like too, if you can in, 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 the next few sentences. <laughs> All right. Just condense that down into a few sentences, please. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, thanks, Mark. I'm really glad that you started with family because I don't think any of us can be successful unless we, we build it around our family and we gain a lot of our strength from that. So, you know, I'm blessed to have been married to the same beautiful woman for going on 38 years now. I've got three great uh, grown kids and uh, an expanding family. So, you know, that's a blessing. And uh, we, we thank God for that every day. You know, as far as uh, coming to this job at Whiting Turner, uh, you know, we've been in business for 112 years. It is true. We've only had three presidents in that time. And that's because, um, you know, people obviously are at it for a long time, but we also grow leadership from within. And so I've been with the company for, I guess, 42 years now. And uh, just came on like everybody else. We hire largely uh, young people out of school. They come in, they start their careers, they learn how to build, they learn how to grow teams, they learn how to lift up communities, and then over time we put them in the leadership pipeline of the company. And uh, for some reason, Mr. Hackerman tapped me on the shoulder uh, quite a few years ago and told me that he wanted me to follow him as president, which was quite a shock at the time. But... Um, it's been a good ride. I've been in a position for going on eight years now. Can, can I ask a question? Sure. Give us that story, if you don't mind. That is amazing. Willard Hackerman, Mr. Hackerman, actually, can you? is that too personal to tell, or can you give us a little bit of it? Did he call you in his office? And, he did. And, yeah. He did, yeah. I thought I was in trouble, actually. <laughs> uh, went into his office, and he closed the door, and, 
and pulled me real close. And honestly, Mark, it was probably only the 15th or 20th conversation I'd ever had with the man. And, uh, you know, he had spent some time with me, um, you know, getting work and meeting clients and what have you. And for whatever reason, he pulled me in close. By the way, he was 86 years old at the time. And uh, he said, I want you to be the next president of Whiting Turner and almost passed out. So You thought he was kidding. You thought, I, yeah, you I absolutely thought there was something wrong there. But, oh, my uh, gosh. That is an amazing true. story. Yeah. That, is yeah. re- that is really, really cool. You know, uh, Tim, I, I've gotten to know you over the last several years working with Mark and working on the Port Covington Project. And, you know, when I hear you speak, um, you're very measured and calm. Uh, and I, I, what I know of you and what I've, uh, you know, seen firsthand is honesty and humility and integrity. Now, those traits are not ones that you normally hear of when you talk about someone who's exceptionally successful in business and has risen to the top. You know, there's other words that are a little bit tougher that are usually mixed in there. And I'm sure there's elements of your work life that, that have those elements where you have to be tough and, and things of that sort. But how do you keep those traits that I described and keep that balance amongst being the CEO of a huge, very important uh, construction company, but then also having the balance in your life, like you described with the love of your family. How do you balance that in today's day and age? Because, you know, coming from more of the old school construction background to now the new new age of social media and all that stuff, how do you keep it all balanced when you're at the top of the, of the food chain like that? Yeah, Matt, that's just a great question. And, and thanks for teeing that up. Uh, a couple things come to mind. One is, first of all, I can never take myself too seriously. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a kid out of a blue-collar neighborhood in, in northeast Baltimore. Um, Dad was a truck driver, which I'm very, very proud of. Uh, we had a big family. Um, you know, life was a little rough and tumble at times. It was a g- good neighborhood to grow up in, you know, baseball, bicycles, the whole thing. But I, I did see my older brother get ripped off the front porch by the police when I was about 12 years old because he was getting into trouble and getting into drugs. And mm-hmm. and so I, I saw some of those tough times personally. I'm probably one of the few uh, business executives in Baltimore that actually saw his mother put food stamps on the grocery belt to pay for groceries. Wow. Um, so I have context. Um, and so I know that every day is a gift. There's no doubt in my mind. And uh, I know that I have a job to do. We, Whiting Turner, have a job to do in in order to lift up the communities that have, you know, given us all the success that we've had. So that's one thing. The other thing about the humility piece is that, you know, we learn it, um, you know, within our culture. You cannot succeed on your own. You are a part of a team internally. You're part of teams externally. And, you know, on projects, everybody has to row in the same direction in order for success to happen. And so anybody who thinks they're making it happen is living in a delusional world. I totally agree. Yeah. So that humility piece is important because, honestly, people are attracted to humility and they are, they are actually repelled from the opposite. That's, that's incredibly powerful, awesome yeah. uh, advice. And, um, you know, you mentioned your upbringing in Baltimore. And while Whiting Turner certainly is a huge company with projects all over the country, um, you seem very loyal to Baltimore. And that's where the office is, is uh, headquartered. 
Um, talk about your loyalty to Baltimore and, and the why there um, as you grow a national company and doing great things everywhere. Yeah, thanks. Um, so, yeah, our headquarters is here and has been um, since 1909. Uh, but, you know, nowadays we, we are big. You know, we have upwards of 5,000 people running projects from coast to coast, and we have another 60 offices outside of Baltimore. And so we have a, a large footprint. But this is home. You've already heard it. It's, it's you know, it's the city that built me personally, but um, it's also home to Whiting-Turner. So we, we feel a, a really strong obligation to help lift up the communities around this town. When I was growing up, I had the opportunity to go all the way across town on that number 44 bus to Baltimore Polytechnic, which really, uh, Poly kind of changed the trajectory trajectory of my life, uh, just giving me education as the kind of the North Star to getting independence and control over your life. And that's what I try to get across to kids when we do our mentoring programs and, and such, that they have the opportunity to gain control of their lives. And that is a that's a life-changing uh, mentality for people once they embrace it. Yeah, no doubt. So you've, you answered a lot of really important things there, but I guess what, what the question I have at the end of this is, what is your favorite part about your job? Getting out. I mean, I hate sitting at my desk. I hate doing email. I, I just love to get to the job sites. Um, I noticed that because whenever we ask for some time with you, you will gladly show up and walk a job or sit in a conference room with different people. So well, you are, I can verify that that's accurate. I think yeah. we probably relate to that to ourselves yes. as antsy as we are. Yes. Well, we had that fun topping out thing at Port Covington uh, a few weeks ago, which was so much fun. And thank you guys for the opportunities there. But uh, I love getting out. I mean, I, I love being around the clients and talking about new work and honestly, I love being around our people. I love to feel their energy and see their excitement, not just for the projects, but for, you know, making, making the communities better. No doubt. And, and I've had the um, luxury of working with the same people on multiple projects now from Whiting Turner. And I've really enjoyed the different teams that I've, I've been involved with. Um, just different backgrounds, but at the end of the day, they all have the common goal of building a great project, you know, on time, on budget, with absolute quality, considering the community, considering everything around hiring and training and just being good citizens. And, it, and I always say it comes from the top and you can see it and you can see it in your group. Yeah, without a doubt. And, and uh, you just mentioned community, Mark, and, and uh, Tim mentioned community earlier. Um, you know, that's one of the things that we're super in tune to. And I know, Tim, you are as well as an individual and as a company. And in the Port Covington project that we've been working on together, we've had requirements for uh, minority business um, uh, interaction with the project, participation in the project. And we've also had, uh, you know, requirements for women-owned business um, participation in the project as well. 27% for the minority and then 10% for the women-owned business. We've shattered those numbers on our side, and, and we're up well up over 40% overall on the MBE and, and over 15% on the WBE across all of our projects in Port Covington, not just the infrastructure. And that's a big part of what we're all about, and I know what you're all about, too, is lifting up those businesses that need a little bit of extra help. And I wanted to just recall a story that I remember from five or six years ago, around 2016, I don't remember the exact year, but... Mark brought a lot of 
people from our team and your team and other construction teams into our office. And we said, look, we're going to do things a little differently because it's the right thing to do. We're going to tr literally try to lift these businesses up because we want to, because we, we all need a leg up and we all needed help at one point in our careers. And, and some of these companies need, need to do that too. And you were there and I'm sure you remember it. Talk about like what that moment was like, and then also how that's been implemented in, in your projects and why that's important to you and your company. Sorry, that's a long question. That's okay. <laughs> no, I do remember that. I remember that clearly. And I remember being just so uh, pleased and excited that Mark was bringing that mission because honestly, guys, it's, you, you can make all the plans you want, but you really need the clients to support and push the mission. And that has helped us tremendously in particular on the Port Covington uh, projects where we do have the opportunity to bring these, these incredible partners in MBE, WBE partners some of which have a good amount of experience, but some of which are fairly new. And they need that opportunity to kind of be embraced by you as the client, by us as the, as the builder, and learn, you know, new tools and put them in their own toolboxes so that they can go forward. Like, like a number of clients, or I'm sorry, a, a number of subcontractors in that group have done in Baltimore and essentially graduate from the program. And, uh, you know, I like to kid with some of my colleagues in the industry. Hey, man, you're out there trying to take work from me now. <laughs> so it's it's all good. I guess that's when you know you've done a good job. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yes. Yeah, I, rem I remember that moment well. And I remember when I was explaining to this group, you know, large group of, I would say, prominent contractors and explaining to everybody. And some people were looking at me almost confused as I was explaining. We're going to do business differently in Port Covington. We're going to really try and lift all the boats. We're going to let the rising tide lift all boats. And there was people looking at me with confused looks. And after what it turns out, what it really was is they were just so surprised and happy to hear this from ownership right. and to hear this coming from the top, which is what we believed in. And what we, we had not agreed to was that was one thing, but we believed in it and wanted to do it. And, uh, and it was really, uh, it was really refreshing to, to get the reactions we got after, but that was exciting. So switching gears a little bit again, you know, Whiting Turner, you know, they're working on the Port Covington project, which is great. We've worked on other projects together as well, but you know, what, the Port Covington project is large, no doubt. You all have worked on major projects in the region, very large projects. I mean, and actually nationwide. Um, I just flew over one the other day out at National Harbor, took some really cool pictures from the airplane coming in. But, you know, how does Port Covington compare to some of these mega projects that you've worked on in the past? Well, we do work on big projects nationally. It's true, Mark, um, you know, in many different industries and, you know, I'm blessed with the opportunity to fly around the country and, and see them, walk through them, talk to our teams and the clients. But the really cool thing about Port Covington is that it is uh, literally a game changer for the city of Baltimore. I mean, it, it essentially expands the city of Baltimore in so many ways, geographically and economically. And it creates opportunities that just literally did not exist before. And so it's, it's like a whole new canvas to paint on. And there's a, just a beautiful kaleidoscope of people and groups that are painting on that canvas. And we're just happy to be, you know, part of that group to, to bring folks in to create not just construction jobs, but permanent jobs for people 
uh, from all neighborhoods of Baltimore, which is what you promised and, and what you're delivering. And so that's very exciting. So comparing it to our other work around, large work around the country, I would say it's just, it's a little more pointed in lifting up the community, you know, than say a, a large data center or a distribution center that might be out in the middle of a cornfield. So exciting and doubly exciting because it's my hometown. Absolutely. Tell, tell us, do you have one, like another project of great interest that you, would, you that really has always amazed you that you couldn't believe you built or were involved with or something in the, somewhere in the country? I'm going to mention Touchpoint Baltimore because yep. it's it's a it's an initiative that that I helped found with my friend Calvin Butler of Exelon and BGE, and it's uh it's just a community collaboration center in West Baltimore that we hope to expand to other neighborhoods. It's just a great opportunity for businesses to partner with nonprofits and with the neighborhoods, and to create opportunities for an increase in social capital to bring folks in from the outside, to interact with people from the neighborhoods and create those opportunities for people to, to find a new path and to be able to really lift themselves up. So that's been a great joy of mine is working on Touchpoint. Yeah, I'm, I really admire what you're doing there. And actually, I can just say from my own career, without several people that I've met along the way, I would never have made it anywhere near here from whether it was right out of college or even during high school years. And then each, you know, every five, 10 years, I met somebody who really was really instrumental in helping me get a hand up. So I, it's, it's needed everywhere in every community if you want, if you want to try and, try and make, uh, make moves uh, for, your, for yourself and your family. Well, it is. And, and getting access to that social capital is, is something that a lot of kids in our neighborhoods don't have. And a real dear friend of mine, Joe Jones of the Center for Urban Families. Yeah, we're big fans. We love <laughs> Joe. It's hard not to love Joe. He's, he's amazing. Yeah. But he, he does a lot of mentoring with me, with these young boys. And he, he uses a term that I just love. He'll look at these boys and he'll say, do you know, do you know what poor means? And, of course, they'll give a definition of poor. And he says, no, that's not what poor means. Poor means passing over opportunities repeatedly. Take a look around this room, and if you don't take advantage of these relationships that are being created for you today, you're poor. Wow. That's a new one, too. That's, that's incredible. incredible yeah. too. <laughs> that's awesome, Tim. That's a great yeah. rising tide moment right there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, last question I had for you is, um, you know, Tim, you, you mentioned the mentoring and the bringing, you know, young men and women up uh, from the community. So as we look at this podcast being national in nature and people of all, you know, walks of life and all different parts of the real estate industry, or maybe they're interested in getting to the real estate or construction industry, What's your advice to a young person? Maybe they're in college, maybe they just graduated, or maybe they're in high school who wants to get into this business. They want to come work for you. They want to work for Whiting Turner or do something similar. What advice can you give that young person as they're starting out their careers to how to get involved and, and how to get there? Well, first, of course, would be to, you know, keep your nose to the grindstone. And that is do the work, you know, show up and, and get some grades I mean, my grades weren't great, just for the record. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you need to show up and you need to succeed in school. But then you also need to get yourself out there. You know, if you're in high school, you need to uh, join clubs and you need to meet new people. If you're in college, you need to show up at the career fairs and meet different companies 
and interview and do internships and those kinds of things. You really need to, to put yourself out there to expand your circle. That would be my advice. And then, and then once you get that opportunity of an internship at Weller or Whiting Turner or anywhere, then just ask questions and be a sponge and soak it all up and learn as much as you can. And people will definitely embrace you and, and tell you what they know. So getting that opportunity to get your foot in the door obviously is huge and asking questions. What about the educational side of things? Should people study something in particular or, or is that not as important? Well, in our shop, it's, it's pretty important. You know, we hire mostly engineers uh, of various disciplines. It doesn't matter whether you're civil, mechanical, industrial. Uh, we, we hire all, all disciplines, but also construction management and building construction those are most of the young people coming in our doors. We're trying to look hard at the community college programs because we're able to increase our diversity quite a bit by mm-hmm. reaching into those building construction programs and giving people opportunities at younger ages to do internships. So one of those programs is a good path to work in the construction business. That's great. And I love the, the mentoring that you were talking about earlier you know, that just exposes people to the industry when they may not even know that it exists. You know, what, is, what does Mr. Tim do? Oh, he works in construction or real estate. And, whoa, what does that mean? And they may never have come across that in their lives before. So, Well, well Matt, you know, quite frankly, I've told this story before. <clears throat> Without a friend of mine's father and watching him and what he did in development and construction, I wouldn't even have known this was a career path. Right. So I watched him at 15 or 16, and then I said, wow, this is interesting, and I found my own way into that through the construction industry as opposed to the development industry, and then I got into development. But without that influence, like my father didn't do it, so it wasn't part of my household conversation or even something that my parents had told me was a career possibility. So you need you need a little push. you got to meet some people, and, and the education piece definitely, definitely helps. So – so one, one last question for you from, from my side, and just tell me about Whiting-Turner. What's the future? Well, the future of Whiting-Turner, uh, I'll say, uh, give you a boring answer, more of the same. We really would like to grow it across the country, and uh, believe it or not, I'd like to see 100 offices of Whiting-Turner in communities all across the country. Certainly, Are you like- at liberty to tell us how many you have right now? Yeah, we have 61. 61? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're over halfway there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, want to continue to be a leader in technology. Um, you know, a lot of the modeling um, and scanning and uh, a lot of the tech piece of construction has come a long ways in the last 10 years. But the uh, advancement of manufacturing of components in the construction business, and that is building things off site from a model that can be brought and rigged into place on site is a huge opportunity for working inefficiency out of the construction business. I just saw something you did amazing in Port Covington that I admire every time I go out there, which was uh, one of the buildings has a panel with a brick veneer that's all built off site and then assembled on the job very quickly and very efficiently and beautifully, beautifully built. You couldn't tell the difference because it is real brick, but the way it's assembled in one part of it. And I was amazed at the efficiency uh, of the sequencing and assembly of the, of the product and the beauty of it. And so that's that's just one example, but sure. they're, they're also uh, the technologies that are going into buildings that are making them smarter and more efficient. Sure, uh, that are that are things that we can be leaders in. So we we want to drive the industry. The other the other thing that I might mention is the contracting model is going to evolve over time, and the partnership which we enjoy at Port Covington 
is, is going to become more of the model in something called integrated project delivery, uh, where uh, the customer, the builder, the specialty subcontractors, and the designers are all in a circle together, and they are invested in each other's success. And this is, this is an exciting new uh, development in the team. One more question about Port Covington. You brought that up. You haven't, uh, you know, you and I have worked together on projects individually. Port Covington's a, a big sandbox, for lack of better terms. We've got multiple general contractors, great ones too, all working together, coordinated by our team, uh, but working hand in hand, literally sequence, building to building, you know, roads to buildings, utilities from outside to inside. Um, tell me what that's like working with the other leaders and other prominent construction companies in the region. Um, you know, on, on a big job like that. Does that happen a lot? And, and how, does that, how does that feel doing that and so on? It doesn't happen a lot, but usually it works out way better than we think it's going to work out. Uh, like at Port Covington, we have honestly a great camaraderie between the companies in trying to keep the site efficient and moving smoothly. Um, you know, we, we like to talk a lot about how we compete fiercely with the other companies, and we do. We, we do. We have to fight and, and try to win the work that we get. But at the end of the day, they got great people just like we have great people. No doubt. And they uh, want to get the job done just like we do, safely, inclusively, beautifully, on time, under budget, you know, all of those things that, that everybody uh, wants to see. And so we, we tend to be kind of a band of brothers at the end of the you're, day. You're great teammates with the other groups, I got to tell you. I mean, you all have taken a big lead on this project, obviously, but the way you, you spoke of team earlier and the way you've integrated that on a very high level in a very complex situation like this has been uh, has been very real and very effective. So, Thank you, but we're still going to try to beat them on the next job. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Well, this is great, Tim. Thank you so much for your time. This was really fun, wasn't it? Actually was more fun than I thought. <laughs> No, this is great. Well, that's going to do it for us today. Thank you so much to Tim Regan for joining us in the studio. Always great to see and hear from you, Tim. And uh, we're looking forward to doing more of these in the new year. So make sure you stay tuned. We want to thank everyone for listening in so far. And we'd love to hear from you uh, from the audience on any topic you want us to talk about. If you've got a guest you want us to interview or a certain topic, just reach out to us on social media at Weller Development on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. I'm Matt Rienzo, and he's Mark Weller. Keep building, people.